we live in an ever-changing world. So in an ever-changing world, guess what I need to tell you? For the next season, all things you need to know about Crossroads are found on crossroadschurch.family. So you go to any kind of Safari or Google Chrome or anything like that, and what do you look at? Crossroadschurch.family. Do you, do you want to be baptized? Go to crossroadschurch.family. Do you want to make a decision for Christ? Crossroadschurch.family. Do you want to give to the church? And by the way, you still can give on the app or in other places, uh, but the main place to start, crossroadschurch.family. Do you want to know what to make uh, next Friday night for dinner? Go to foodnetwork.com. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) All right. So, hey, uh, what I'm about to share with you is I know life-changing. Let me say that again. What I'm about to share with you is truly life-changing. And uh, I have had uh, over especially, I would say more than ever, especially during this COVID season, uh, people contact me to thank me for what I'm about to share with you because I've shared it in the past. I'll repeatedly share it until the Lord comes back. Uh, It's right out of God's word. But how do you handle your finances? And uh, I remember a young couple I was with one time and they said, Pastor Chuck, can you pray with us? Because we're getting ready to leave California. And I said, oh, oh, okay, praise God. Where is God leading you? And they said, we don't know. And I said, then how do you know God's calling for you to leave California? And they said to me, because as a young couple, we could never afford a home in California. By the way, that's a lie. That's not based on word. That's not based on faith. That's a lie. And I sat down. I said, if God's calling you to go, then, you know, I want to support you. But if that's your reasoning, what if we aligned your finances according to God's money and and you spent your money the way God says, could you afford a house in California? By the way, does anybody already know where I'm going with this? Do you think they ended up buying a house? Oh, yeah. They bought their first house, fixed it up, which is not a bad idea, bought their next house and kept the first house, making income, So, which is kind of like, that's called smart. And... um, (laughs) This is about nine years ago. Today, they own those two houses, and they're on track to actually pay them off. Yeah, and so what I want to tell you, this will change your life. This will change your life. So uh, some of you know this. You need to hear it again. By the way, the people who know it want to hear it again. Like, you're sitting there going, man, everyone needs to know this. So we're going to talk about God's word and ways in the area of finances. Let's pray. Lord, I pray right now that we would know, whether we're on campus or online, that your word is true. And in the tough times, we need this more than ever. But it's good news, Lord. We're telling people good things, that if we live according to your word and ways, we'll be happier. We'll definitely be happier. We'll be free. Uh, We will be able to uh, move forward in our lives Uh, and and see your hand guiding us and your hand of blessing upon us. And we're not going to miss it. And we're not going to be those who wonder if you're real or doubt, because when we begin to invest ourselves with you in this way, Lord, over and over, there's no other way to explain it than you. So I pray right now we would understand that and see that. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. So uh, I don't know if you're like me. Uh, a lot of you were watching a lot of football. Uh, matter of fact, this is a very tough weekend because there's no football this weekend. It's like, okay, I get a taste of what purgatory and hell will be like. And uh, next week's the Super Bowl. Uh, but but here's the thing. Uh, if you watch football, uh, you saw this on a lot of screens. It was the Chevy Trail Boss. Man, when that thing came on, any, any other, anybody else with me? I mean, come on. The one, the, yeah, there we go, dude, yes. And it comes on, and they said, if you have this truck, you ready? The one thing you don't need is a road. It comes lifted. It has a Z71 package on it. I mean, it's got extra big tires uh, and a four wheel. And, and I'm watching all that. And Pam goes, what are you so excited about? Do you want that instead of your Jeep? I said, no, I want that and my Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I know some of you are going, Chuck, that's not what got me excited. What got me excited was this, the brand new Ford Bronco. Yeah, okay, that got some excitement. Yeah, the brand new Ford Bronco. And it even has the goat. You guys know what the goat is? It's a different, you are you new too? Yeah, if you don't know, I'm not even gonna tell you. Go look up the goat. Yeah, on a Ford Bronco, not, you know, if you're not careful, Tom Brady will pop up. But, yeah, yeah, okay. So, let's pause for a moment for all the New England fans. No, um, <laughs> who need to repent and go for the Rams. But anyway, all right, so... All right, so the Ford Bronco. So I, I, why I saw that when the Ford Bronco was announced, I right away got online and started reading about it, and I, I posted a picture of it, and I got a lot of feedback, not negative, but a lot of feedback saying, Pastor Chuck, are you going to buy this? And I wrote back, no, I actually love what I have better, but, um, but, but you know, I was so intrigued by it. But I think what it points to is we live in a world today where there's always something new to buy, always something new to go get, where what you have may now be less than. And in a world like that, we need something that creates more stability. It's not wrong uh, uh, to have some of those things if you do it the right way. By the way, do you understand where I'm going? If you handle it right, if you get it right, it's not wrong to do that. Uh, but we live in a world where everything online makes us wish we had something else. So we get on and we wish we had that truck. We get on, we wish we had that, that new cookware. Uh, we get on and we wish we had the new smoker. Uh, we get, and is this self-confession time? Um, and some of you are like me, you get on and say, if only I had a family like that. Bernie Sanders in that seat was the best thing that happened. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, uh, but you know, sometimes, even though I'm joking, I've had, um, it's usually not, not to be uh, too, um, uh, I'm not being condescending, <clears throat> but I've had different women tell me that when I get online, I feel like it's my family as good as their family. 
you know, and, and so we're in this world today. There's so much out there to make you feel like you don't have everything you need or you're not doing it right or, or what if I had that next thing? And so what I want to tell you is God doesn't want you to be that way. See, I want to give you really, really good news. The good news is if you listen to God, you can have this incredible gift called contentment. Uh, the Bible even calls contentment, you ready for this, a secret. Uh, so if you know the secret, you're in on the secret. A lot of people are not in on the secret. You see what I'm saying? You're not in on the secret of contentment. God wants you to be. Now, we're going to talk about that, but I want to tell you where God wants you to go with this. And this, again, uh, is surprising to people what God says about this. So let me say this to you. For the majority of people, a lot of what we're about to talk about is either new or surprising. For some, it's review. But listen to what it says in Proverbs 8, verse 17. The wisdom is speaking. God's wisdom is speaking. By the way, probably worth your noting, uh, that in the Hebrew language, wisdom is always used in the feminine. All right, some of the women are going, that makes sense to me. All right. But wisdom speaking, it said, I love those who love me and those who diligently seek me, find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth. The key word there, believe it or not, isn't wealth. The key word there is enduring, enduring. It doesn't go away. Uh, and righteousness, living rightly, that also needs to be keyed in on. My fruit is better than gold, even pure gold. My yield better than the choicest silver. I walk in the way of righteousness. Uh, uh, again, let me emphasize that. Righteousness means to live rightly. Um, too many people, when it comes to this, aren't living according to God's plan. Uh, some of you, uh, I'm not trying to be mean, but let me be honest, you're picking pieces of God's plan and not by going by the all of God's plan. And you got to go by all of it. So righteousness means go by all of it. He said, I, and wisdom says, I walk in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice to endow those who love me with wealth that I may fill their treasuries. Um, God wants you to be wise. God wants you to have a way of handling your finances that are good for you. Uh, I showed in part one of this that God wants that for you, but let me bring it back. If you do what God says, for sure you'll be happier. You'll be freer. You'll be more secure. You'll know the secret of contentment. You'll be a blessing to a God and a blessing to others. You'll know the wonder of this incredible gift called generosity. God has all that for you. And so if you live this way, God says, this is for you. This is for you. The majority of people aren't living this way. And so the majority of people in the United States are not practicing a biblical principle that is the foundation of everything we're about to talk about. Now I'm going to give you some steps, one, two, three, four, in order of priority. But before we go there, there's a foundational principle that is, that is in the Bible. And, it's, and we sometimes call that delayed gratification. Delayed gratification. Uh, the number one way the Bible terms that is self-control. Self-control. So uh, delayed gratification is that, let, let me tell you, when it comes to finances, you never buy anything you cannot pay for. Now, now let, let me stop there, because do, th do you think the majority of the country lives that way? No, no, no. 
But you save up the money and then pay for it. You wait till you can pay for it and afford it. Uh, so what happens is you, you delay the gratification of that till you're ready to, to actually embrace it. Uh, by the way, when it comes to food, uh, the Bible wants you to enjoy food. He, the Bible just doesn't want you to enjoy, enjoy too much food. Uh, in other words, it's better to have a little that you love than a lot that creates love handles. <laughs> So you're going preach it to yourself, Chuck. Uh, but, but, but here's the thing: is delayed gratification, uh, and and that is foundational to being a disciple. Uh, a disciple practices that. If you've been with me on Wednesday nights, disciples have three things true of them. They deny self, they die to self, and they follow Jesus completely. So uh, when it comes to delayed gratification, very often I die to self. So in Matthew 16, Jesus said this. He said, if anyone wishes to come after me, and, and look at those next two words, he must, not, not he should. Jesus said he must deny himself which is deny self, take up his cross, which is the whole idea of dying to self, and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then Jesus said this, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Uh, this idea uh, of living that way is life-changing. It's life-giving. Um, there's a true story of Reynold III in the 14th century. Uh, Reynold was a very large man. Uh, his parents died. He was to become the king of Belgium. Uh, and so what happened is his brother usurped him. His brother came and took over. And his brother uh, wanted to be very, very mean to him. So the meanest thing he could think to do to Reynold was this. He locked him in a prison cell, and the bars were about this far apart. It was a custom-made prison cell for Reynold III, and the bars were about this far apart. And what his brother said to him is this, the day you can slip through those bars, and an average-sized man could do that, the day you can slip through those bars, you not only will be free, I will restore your wealth, and I will give you the kingdom. Did you catch that? All he had to do was what? lose weight. But his brother gave him as much beer as he wanted, Belgium beer, as much beer as he wanted. He gave him as much food as he wanted. He had chefs waiting every moment to make the most incredible foods and to give him vast amounts of food. And Reynold, instead of losing weight, gained weight and died in prison. Do you know what God is saying to you and me? Hey, you can be free from financial bondage if you will deny self. You can have the kingdom if you will deny self. And do you know what a lot of people are doing, especially in westernized countries like ours? We're gorging on all the wrong things. And, and we're not experiencing the kingdom of God in totality or the freedom of Christ in reality. And so God wants you and I to have that. So when you change your perspective of saying, okay, I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to do everything God says because a disciple does everything that the, Jesus calls for us to do. I'll do all of it and I will delay 
gratification for pleasure so that not I have to do without. It's actually this, so I will enjoy, enjoy it more when it comes. Uh, um, we will, uh, in February, on February 17th, we're going to have a huge uh, uh, call to Ash Wednesday where we have an anointing time uh, here on the patio and online. By the way, online too. So it's, we're going to ask you to fast for 40 days from something, for something, and for someone. So that's coming. But I got to tell you something that, 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 that I have done, and many of you have done, true food fasts, where for like three days, all you have is water. So, so what you do, you seek God and you pray to God and then you break the fast. And one time I was having a food fast like that and uh, I came to the end of three days. And by the way, I believe you should celebrate the ending. So I, I forgot about getting ready to celebrate the ending. And so I said to Pam, I said, so what are we having for dinner? I mean, this is my big break. And Pam said, tomato soup. <laughs> now, up till then, I didn't like tomato soup. After three days of no food, what do you think? Oh my goodness, was that good? Yeah, I, I was like, now, ma'am, tomato soup. Yeah, but but you know why? Is because when you delay gratification, not only do you enjoy it. What do you, do you guys know where I'm going? You enjoy it what more? Enjoy it more. So you're going to enjoy the area of finances more when you practice delayed gratification and you, you wait so that you can actually pay for it. And, and, and here's the cool part of it is you're only paying for the actual cost, not 26% interest over the next three years. Uh, and, and you know what? Uh, by doing that, you enjoy it more. And so God is saying, that's what I want you to do. So the Bible's clear. You, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. So this is good news. This is really good news. If you sow the right thing, righteousness, you will reap the right thing. So I hope you're taking notes. If not, go back and get this because I'm going to go in order of importance what the Bible says you and I need to do when it comes to money. We're going to go in an order of importance. Uh, without a doubt, God is so clear. If you want to have spiritual finances, you have to take your finances to the spiritual. So what would number one be? Number one would be give to God. Give to God. Number one is give to God. I, I want to read a whole section to you. Don't miss the context of it. Proverbs chapter three, verse five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. In other words, don't think you know better than God. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Now look at verse nine. Honor the Lord from your wealth. Now, that is talking about giving to God an offering. Honor the Lord from your wealth. That means that every now and then, all of us who love the Lord, all of us who love the Lord, we take, we take account of how God has blessed us. And out of the abundance of the blessing, we bless God back. That's not the tithe. That's something else. But we, God, God's wisdom says, and Jesus talks about this, giving an offering to God based on how he's blessed you. That's go, Lord, thank you, thank you. And so honor the Lord from your wealth. And notice what it says, from the first, not the second, not the third, not what's left over. 
from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vats will overflow with new wine. And it says, my son, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. He said, don't reject this. Don't get upset about this. Don't loathe this teaching is what it says. And so he says, honor the Lord from your wealth, which is give offerings and the first of all your produce, which is the tithe. Now I'm going to break that down in a minute because it's so important, but I, I want to talk about the elephant in the room. There's an elephant in the room right now. Some of you are going, we're not in the room. All right, there's an elephant outside. So let's talk about the elephant right now. Some of you are loathing this teaching, and here's what you're thinking. Pastor Chuck, you, you, the church, you want the church to have my money. That's what you're doing. You're, it's all about you know, the church getting my money. It's all about you wanting the church to have more money and to get my money. And so some people are thinking that, so let's talk about it. Uh, first of all, I don't want your money. It's not your money anyway, it's God's. Did you know that? It's God's. Yeah. If it's your money, then you never gave your life to God. So let's just get honest about that. And I think that's more important question now. Are you going to give your life to God? But when you're a Christian, how much of what you own belongs to God? What's the answer? Everything. Everything. Yeah, yeah. So we're not talking about your money anyway. And, 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 and I want you to know that. But the tithe belongs to God. The offering is just you honoring God. And so... And so that's why I'm talking about this. Now, do I want our church to do better financially? Do I? Uh, let's just, ask, I'm going to ask you a question. I, I'll be honest. What's the answer? Yeah. Yeah. Am I apologetic for that? No. I'll tell you a dream I have. It's a very real dream. And it, it actually came from Pastor Tim Roberts. We were sitting around one day and Pastor Tim said this, Chuck, do you know of a church where 100% of the people tithe? And I said, no. And in my dream, I thought, what if we were that church? What, were, what if, by the way, do you think God would bless us more if everybody here chose to tithe? Amen. Oh, yeah. Now, let me tell you that. Since I, I, Tim and I had that talk, I actually became aware of a church where every single person tithes. They're in a very, very impoverished area of India. They are in the worst poverty ever with the least amount of resources and 100% of that church family ties. What do you think of that? Yeah, and they're tithing to God out of what they don't have. Uh, and, and when they found out, this is a little embarrassing, when they found out that we don't all tithe here, they were shocked. They couldn't believe it. They were like, whoa, how would Christians not? By the way, they not only are faithful in the tithe, they're faithful in persecution. It, to go to church there, you could be beaten. And many of their family, church family have been beaten. And guess what? They still show up for church. Would everybody agree you call that being a disciple? You call that faithfulness? And so uh, that's really, really true. So we need to do that. Uh, so it starts with honoring the Lord from your wealth. Uh, so what happened is Jesus is standing with the apostles and they're looking at the huge temple. Uh, by the way, the temple uh, that they're looking at was probably the most expensive building ever built in the history of man. Uh, and by the way, to honor God, to honor God, and God was honored. And so they're looking at the temple, they're looking at gold on the temple, at the huge stones on the temple. And Jesus, Jesus sees something else. 
And in Luke 21, verse 1, it says, And he looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a poor woman putting in two small copper coins. And he said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them, for they put out of their surplus, put into the offering. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. The Lord did not miss that moment. Jesus did not miss her faithfulness. Jesus' eyes were glued to her and his heart went out to her. Why? Because she gave beyond. Because she loved God. And he said, you know, this time of offering came and she gave everything to the Lord. Everything to the Lord. And so I don't want you to miss that Jesus loves, loves when you and I do what Proverbs said, honor the Lord from their wealth, uh, to actually get out there and do that. Uh, Pam and I twice a year have a time where we sit down and we take stock of how God has blessed us. And then we give special gifts to God based on that. Uh, special offerings. Uh, we do it at Christmas every year and towards the end of the year, we did it this year. And then we always do it at Easter. Uh, I'm not saying you have to, but let me tell you why we do, because I think it makes the cross more meaningful. Because we sit and think about all that Jesus has given to us, including dying for us. And we want to say, Lord, hey, this year we're going to do this towards you. So we always do that twice a year. Uh, we also, Pam and I, whenever something special comes our way, uh, uh, and, and I, I want to say that lots of times we get blessed. Uh, and then whenever something special comes our way, then we not only want to give a tithe to the Lord, we want to pray about what offering we should give to God. And that's a real fun thing to do. Here's why. Because she prays and I pray and we wait for God to give us an amount. And then we agree upon it. And I'm going to get really honest with you. Uh, almost never do we get the same amount. I always get one amount and Pam always gets more. <laughs> so we go with mine. No, not really. <laughs> but would you be disappointed if we went with mine? I think I would be. We always go with hers. Then in smaller ways, we give to God that way. Now, why am I telling you that? Because I want you to know the practice, not because I want to brag. I want you to know the practice of what we do. It's continually stopping and saying, Lord, you blessed us. You blessed us. You blessed us. And we want to give to him. So we give to the Lord out of the offering. We also give to the Lord by giving the tithe to him. The word tithe means 10%, but the word tithe means something else. Before I say it, I want to ask if you know. Don't, you don't have to yell it out. But it actually has two meanings in the Bible. The word tithe literally means 10%, but the word tithe also means, are you ready for the next meaning? Test. It's a test. The tithe is a test of if I'm faithful to God. The tithe is a test if you're faithful to God. So the word tithe means 10%. The word tithe also means test. And God even says, test me now in this, in the giving of the full tithe. And so you and I need to be willing to say, we're going to honor the Lord from our wealth, which is the offering, and the first, the first 10% of whatever comes in. Am I going to pass the test? Here's the good news. Every single time you get income, you're put to the test. And the question is, are you going to pass? Are you going to pass? And I know some people go, well, I can't afford it. 
um, about three months ago, I think four months ago maybe now, um, I was interacting with a mom in our church, and she said, Pastor Chuck, I really want to be faithful, um, but I don't know if I can afford it. And she shared why. And she said, what do I do? Do I give just part of the tithe? Now, what would you answer? I said to her, yeah, I said, no, I, I'm going to ask you to do this. I want you to give the whole thing. I gave her the tithe challenge, which, by the way, I'll give you too. I always, we always let people know about this. We'll, we'll go on this journey with you. I said, I want you to give the full amount for three months. Any moment in these three months that you need help, you tell me. You tell me. But I want you to start with giving to God. But if you need help, you tell me. And at the end of three months, if God hadn't blessed you, we'll return the whole tithe to you. So by the way, to do that, and we'll invite you to do that, if you need to go on this journey with us, you have to give the full tithe for three months in an identifiable way to Crossroads. And then we'll, we'll return that, all of that, 90 days of tithe, we'll return every penny to you without any embarrassment if you're faithful for three months. By the way, what you need to know, because Tracy was in on this with me, three weeks in, I get an email from her. She said, Pastor Chuck, I can't explain it, but um, I don't need any help, and I will not stop tithing. And she said, you know what? God came through. You guys know that too, don't you? I, I'm going to point you out. Yeah, you guys took the tithe challenge for not three months. You took it for how long? A one year. And did God come through? Yeah, so if you didn't hear what she said... God has blessed them for the next six years. Amen. And they were faithful for one year. Yeah. So, now I love that, you guys. You're crying. It, isn't it emotional when God comes through like that? Yeah. See, I want to tell you, this is where you experience the great and mighty things of God. And so God wants you to do that. God wants you to experience that. So you and I need to do it. You and I need to be faithful. Matthew 23, 23. Jesus, the words are in red. Get ready. The words are in red. You should tithe yes. You should tithe yes. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9 says this. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So sow generously with God, but do it cheerfully. Do it cheerfully. Uh, I don't want to guilt you into this. I don't want to put you in compulsion. I just want to say, trust God. Go on the journey with God. By the way, if you need to take the tithe challenge for the next three months, you start this week, you keep track, and if at any point along the way after three months you say, I didn't get blessed, you can email me, chuck at crossroadschurch.com. I will not embarrass you. I, I will keep it as confidential as I can. I, have, I need to interact with some others, but we will keep it confidential, and we will actually return all 90 days. Uh, by the way, uh, it's for those of you who are new to us, I think now I've probably given the tithe challenge 15 times. Do you know how many times people have asked for the money back? Zero, not once. Yeah, because God's always come through. By the way, it, but I just love being on the journey with you. And, and so we get to do that. So number one, give to God. Number two, number two, what's the second most important thing when it comes to finances? Take care of your family. Take care of your family. Take care of the needs of your family. 
1 Timothy 5, 8 says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for his own household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So what I want to tell you is uh, you need to give to God, but you need to look and say, how can I take care of my family? How can I take care of their needs? Remember John Wesley said this. John Wesley said, earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. And so part of that save all you can is to make sure your, your kids and your grandchildren are going to get blessed by what you do and that you make sure and take care of them. Uh, it says in Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children and the wealth of the sinner is stirred up for the righteous. Uh, one way we spot a righteous man, a wise man, a good man is he leaves an inheritance to his children's children. My grandparents did that. My grandparents grew up in the poorest area of Arkansas you can imagine. Uh, uh, they had nothing, and then the Depression hit. So they came to California, and they, uh, they worked here hard. And my sister and I ended up, when they both died, my sister and their grandchildren got an inheritance from them. They didn't, by, by the world standards, you thought they couldn't do it. By God's standards, they could. If I'm going to be righteous, I need to leave an inheritance to my grandchildren. And I know some of you are watching right now. You're lucky that Papa listens to God. And uh, I, want, I want you to bless your grandchildren. Uh, do that. Make sure you have the right income. Proverbs 24, 27 says, prepare your work outside and make it ready for yourself in the field. And afterwards, then build your house. Uh, when Pam and I first got married uh, and I was in ministry, uh, I wasn't earning that much money. So what Pam and I had to do is we had to earn extra income. So my wife, Pam, worked three jobs, not two jobs, three jobs, three different jobs to bring in the right amount of income. We didn't complain. We just thought, you know what? Praise God, we can work. Uh, then I had, I, this probably isn't going to make a lot of sense to you, but I, Pam got excited when I told it. Uh, there's this company called Ronco Industries that, that made parts. They made parts for different huge machinery, but they had these little springs that had to be put together. And at that time, they didn't have a machine that could do it. And I, I saw that, 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 and I said to the guy, I said, do you pay people to do that? He said, yeah, yeah. He said, but you know what? You're going to get bloody. You're going to have to build calluses. I said, I'll do it. And he gave me boxes, like big boxes. And every night I'd sit in front of the TV and I would twist those springs, earning extra money. And, and in the beginning, yeah, I did. I got like blisters and calluses and, and nothing worked except going ahead and bleeding and keep going. But you know what? I was a young guy who needed to provide for his wife and kids. So you earn extra money. By the way, there's this thing called work. Some of you might be surprised at this verse. The Bible says six days you shall work. Six days, God says. Did you catch that? Yeah, yeah, there you go, Dave. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? It's every now and then I'll have somebody, you know, you know, come and say, hey, I need help. And I'm like, praise God. And, and the first thing we want to do is make sure you're okay in the moment. But we want to make sure you also get a job. You know, by the way, Zig Ziglar said this, Zig Ziglar said, almost everybody stops working the day they get a job. <laughs> Christians work. Uh, so, you know, you and I need to do that. So you got to take care of the needs of your family. And in certain seasons, it means you'll work more, not less, but you make sure and keep doing that. Number three, get out of debt and stay out of debt. Listen to this. 
So you give to God, you take care of the needs of your family, then you get out of debt and you stay out of debt. Proverbs 22, 7, I quote this all the time. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. Um, and we, we want you to be debt free. Uh, my dream for you as your pastor is your debt free. Uh, that you literally pay it off. You do whatever you can to do it. Uh, Carrie and Sharon Castler over here, uh, they're completely debt free. And Carrie, you said something I'll never forget. He said, we ate a lot of hot dogs to get there. <laughs> but it's the best life you could live, right? And by the way, just so you know, Carrie and, and and Sharon are incredibly generous people. They didn't get debt-free out of selfishness. They got debt-free out of wisdom. And then what do they do now? They bless other people. Um, and, and so that's that earn all you can, save all you can. Praise God for that. So if you want to know how to do that, we have a, an incredible opportunity for you called FPU. We partner with Dave Ramsey, who's a Christian, and it's called uh, Financial Peace University. If you go to crossroadschurch.family, you can sign up to, to get on that. And, and by the way, it's not about just getting debt-free. For listen, Please listen. I, I've talked to a couple people who said we were already debt-free, and we went to it, and we realized it was more than that. It was more than just getting debt-free. It was also learning how to invest and grow and grow your finances. Proverbs chapter six says this in verse one, my son, if you have become surety for your neighbor, in other words, if you're indebted to your neighbor, uh, by the way, that would include if you're indebted to Bank of America, if you're indebted to Wells Fargo, he said, if you're become in debt, he said, and if given a pledge, you promised you would pay this money back. If you have been snared by the words of your mouth, been caught by the words of your mouth, do this then, my son. Deliver yourself since you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go and humble yourself and importune your neighbor. Give no sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Look at this last part. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hunter's hand and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. He said, you do whatever you can to get out of debt. You be like a, a gazelle or a deer. That when something tries to trap it, what happens? It'll fight its way out. Um, when I was uh, probably about fifth grade, my dad took our family to Yosemite. And, and I, I remember we went into that kind of town area of Yosemite and there would be deer walking around. Uh, and so this is back when we didn't have all the rules we have today. That Back in the good old days where you could ride in the back of the pickup truck, you know, and... Uh, so this deers would come out, and so we'd go out. They actually sold the feed in the store, and we'd go out and feed them. And this one kind of young uh, uh, buck, it had some, some antlers on it. it. It picked me out for some reason. Maybe it thought I was easy to get food from. So the first couple days, man, as soon as I walked out, it came up to me first. And so I kept feeding it and feeding it. And like two days, I'm feeding this deer. I could not wait to get up in the morning to go and feed that deer. So I get up in the morning and, and my dad's like, come on, we'll go. And my dad and I go down even without my mom and my sister. And I go inside and get the food and I come out and the deer comes up to me and I decide I'm going to hug the deer. I just thought that deer needed a hug. So you guys already know where the story's going. 
I put my arms around it to hug it and pull it close. And that deer starts bucking and kicking and it hits me right here with its antler and I go flying and I get up and it looks at me and it ducks down and comes and it's trying to gore me and and it's starting to chase me. And my dad is laughing and laughing and laughing. (laughs) that That deer beat the crud out of me. And my dad thought that was the funniest thing ever. He goes, I thought I taught you better than that. You don't hug a deer. <laughs> that deer is a picture of what you see in Proverbs. If you're in debt, you gore that debt. You beat that debt. You destroy that debt. Uh, you know what? Some people need plastic surgery. You need to cut that thing up, never get it back again. I uh, remember one lady I knew, she said, I'll show you my credit cards. And they were all frozen in the, in, in the freezer. And I said, there's a problem with that. You'll, you'll thaw them out one day. You got you to cut them up. You got to get rid of them. And uh, you know what? That's what it says. Do whatever you can to get out of debt. So for some of you, it's go to FPU. Uh, go to FPU uh, and, 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 and get there. Uh, and make sure you do that. And, and, and let me just stop for a moment. There's some of you who are listening right now, and hopefully you're listening, not tuning me out. And you're saying, but I can't afford to do what you're saying to do. Let me tell you this. You can't afford not to. And if it's hard now, I'm going to tell you something honest out of, out of love. Praise God. When you do it when it's hard, you'll definitely stick to it or be more likely to stick to it when it's easier. So do the right thing. Just do the right thing. Go for it. So you, uh, in, you, need, to, you need to get out of debt. Number four, invest wisely. Invest wisely. Proverbs 21.20 says, There is precious treasure in oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man swallows it up. In other words, it, you can spot a wise person because they have treasures. Uh, they've got things that will grow in value. Uh, by Proverbs 24, 3 and 4 says, By wisdom a house is built, by understanding it is established, by knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Those are things that grow in value. And so you and I need to do that. So what am I saying to you? I'm saying go and get as much GameStop, uh, GameStop stock days you can. Yeah, GameStop, AMC. Yeah, yeah, go. No, I... If, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, they call them the renegades. Uh, that's what they're called. You shook your head. Yeah, they're called the renegades. They're a group of small investors that are just turning the stock world topsy-turvy. Uh, I don't know about you. I praise God for that. You know, just shake the thing up some. But, but I would say this. Invest wisely means avoid get-rich-quick schemes. Don't try to do it in the moment. I watched an analyst recently talking about all the mess that's going on, and they said this. Remember, especially when it comes to retirement, think long haul. Think long haul. Invest wisely and, and make sure you do that. Uh, and, and we need to. Um, Doug's, Doug and Maureen have a really good friend. I love the guy. His name's Wes Beavis. Wes moved to, to the United States from Australia, and he loves this country. He loves this country. But I was talking with Wes, and I, I said, tell me what you love about the United States. He, this will surprise some of you. He said, you know, Pastor Chuck, what I really love about the United States is every few years, the United States goes on sale. <laughs> now, what does he mean by that? Because the economy is, is cyclical. He saves his money, saves his money, saves his money. And then when the economy goes down, he starts buying things up. 
If you don't think that's biblical, you need to read about a man named Joseph in Genesis. He, he learned that secret. And so Wes will buy wisely so when it turns and goes the other way, uh, he can be uh, uh, growing his investment but also be generous with others. So you and I need to do that. And you need to have a plan. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who's hasty comes to poverty. So, so we need to invest wisely. And then let me hit you with number six. You can't miss number six. Ready? Know the wonder of generosity. So to do that, number six, give to others. You start by giving to God. That's number one, because you love the Lord your God. But you have a plan. You have a goal. You have a desire to give to other people. By the way, if you have a job, let me ask you a question. Why do you have the job? Listen to what it says in Ephesians 4, 28. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that so that he will have something to share with the one who has need. Why do we have a job, all of us who have jobs? So we can share with those who have a need. That's a, that's a part of our life. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, there is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. There is one who withholds what is justly due and yet results only in want. The generous man will be prosperous. The generous man will be prosperous. And he who waters will himself be watered. Um, I, I've admitted, I'll go ahead and say it again if you didn't know it, I, I was very, very selfish when Pam and I got married. Very spoiled, very selfish. And my wife is very generous. And we used to fight over it. And God broke my heart. God brought me to my knees. And I realized I was in sin. And so I joined her in a, an attitude and a lifestyle of trying to be generous. Uh, and it is the best way you can possibly live. And even when you don't have much, you can somehow have something for others. Back when our kids were little, we found out about another couple that were about the same stage of life as us. He lost his job by the way he was uh, treated very unfairly and what happened. And, and because unemployment wasn't going to come through correctly, someone shared with me, Pastor Chuck, I was over at their house. They don't have any food for them and their kids. And uh, right away, you know, Pam and I said, this is us. This is what we're going to do. So we went out and we decided we're going to buy groceries for him. We got a sitter to watch the boys. And, uh, and our plan was to sneak it up and put it on their porch and, and, and go away. So we've got all these groceries. And I thought, if we're really going to sneak it up, we're going to try to do it in one trip. So I've got them wrapped the plastic bags around my arms and all that. And Pam and I go up and we're trying to set it down real quietly. And as we do, I turn and one of the plastic bags gets caught in my leg. And all of a sudden I trip and go falling and everything goes bouncing everywhere, making an incredible noise. And they open the door and I'm laying there, surprise, you know, and, uh, and uh, the guy's name was Jeff. And Jeff told me about a week later, he said, Pastor Chuck, we needed the food, but we needed more to laugh. Praise God for you, Father. <laughs> How do you feel when you give to somebody else? Don't you? You feel a godly joy. A godly joy. God wants you to experience that a lot. He wants you to know the way of that in your life. Acts 20, verse 35, it says, In everything I have showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak. And remember the words of our Lord Jesus that he himself said, 
it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's not just a blessing, it's more. It's a double blessing. It's beyond the blessing. And you know what? I say it all the time, and I hope we never, ever forget it until we go to heaven. And then in heaven, I think we'll even say this, that you and I are blessed to be what? Blessed to be a blessing. And I walk around thinking that and saying that. Uh, by the way, I've got a, a shirt that says, blessed to be a blessing I love. And uh, I, I'm on a plane going to Orlando with Pam. We had saved up for that trip. And um, the stewardess uh, is doing uh, her kind of talk, you know, that no one listens to. And I look and see her cross. And uh, as soon as she got done, I said, hey, I really like your cross. She goes, well, I love your shirt. And she said, I believe that's the best life you could live. And I said, you know Jesus. She said, I know Jesus. See, I think people who know Jesus say it's more blessed to what? Give than receive. Give than receive. But by the way, that's what it means to be godly. That's a big part, at least, of what it means to be godly. When you're a godly person, you know that God is a giver. God is a giver. God so loved the world, he what? gave. He gave his only begotten son. Uh, we're going to talk in a couple weeks. We're going in the book of James pretty soon. We're going to study James. You guys, are good. we're going to study James. And in James, it says that every good and perfect gift comes from where? Above, from the Father of lights. No one wants to bless you more than God. Uh, I do need to tell you, you'll see in James, sometimes he blesses you with trials. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody laughed. If you're online, nobody here. I was the only one. But sometimes he blesses you with trials to make you better. But no one blesses you more than God. And the blessings are real. But very often he waits to bless you till you're obedient, till you're committed, till you're going to follow. Remember to be a Christian, to be a disciple, you must deny self, die to self, and follow faithfully and completely. And so Jesus is looking at you and me and saying, do you want this life? By the way, what I shared with you today works, but you can't do part of it. I've watched people do part of it. It's going to come back to get you later. You're sowing seeds of unfaithfulness. Those will come back. Those will grow. But you got to follow faithfully. You got to follow completely. Some of you right now, the first thing you need to do is make a 100% commitment to the Lord. No holding back. No halfway saying, Lord, I want to give myself to you 100% completely. Maybe for some of you, it's a recommitment. You at one time gave your life to Christ, but you've, you've started taking pieces back or you've wandered away. You need to recommit your life. Some of you need to recommit your marriage. Some of you need to commit your marriage. But some of you do need to make that first time commitment to the Lord. And if you're online, what I want you to do is go to crossroadschurch.family and click that you made a decision. If you're online right now, I want you to go to crossroadschurch.family, click I made a decision, and make a decision to follow Jesus. Make a decision to do that. Right now, it's worth doing. Stop and say, I'm in. I'm going to commit my life completely. Go to crossroadschurch.family and click I made a decision. If you're on our campus right now, I'm going to ask you to 
to pray a prayer with me. If you're online, I want you to pray a prayer with me. And then if you're on campus and you pray this prayer and you mean it, we're going to stand and sing in a moment. And if you pray this prayer and mean it, I'm going to ask you wherever you are to make your way and come up and let us greet you. And then go over here and we're going to just take some time to share some next steps with you. But something happens when you say to God, I'm in. Something happens powerful when you make a real commitment from your heart and tell him, yes, I'm going to do this. I have made a decision. I want to be yours. And then it goes deeper when you let us know, either online by going to crossroadschurch.family or here by coming forward. By the way, you don't have to come by yourself. If you want, you can have someone say to somebody, come with me. But right now, if you're ready to say yes to the Lord, pray this prayer and then either click, I made a decision, or when we stand to sing, come. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, right now, I pray that your Holy Spirit would really truly move in the hearts and the minds of each person who's here or online. And I mean all of us, Lord. I pray all of us would sense your love. All of us would sense your presence. And I pray we'd be ready to open our hearts to you more than ever. To say, Lord, we don't want to hold back. Increase our faith. Make us more faithful. And God, for those who need to make a special decision today, either commit or recommit, I pray your Holy Spirit's stirring. I pray they can sense it. I pray they can know it's, it's time to open up to you and commit to you and be yours. That may for sure, not may, it will mean they need to deny self and die to self and completely follow. But I pray they'll do that. So Lord, for anybody who's here on campus, I pray God for a movement, a stirring. And they know right now it's time to pray that prayer and get ready to walk and come. Online, I pray they can feel you, Lord. And they're ready to go to crossroadschurch.family and click. Right now, I'm going to lead that prayer. And if you're ready to say yes to God, I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. Think about it. He loves you, but it's time more than ever. No holding back to open up to him. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. You died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me completely. I pray you'll make me alive and you'll make me new and you'll make me yours because I want to be yours. I want you to heal me from hurt. I want you to bring freedom in my life from anything holding me back. I want to be yours. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen if you prayed that prayer. Amen if you prayed that prayer. And if you prayed that prayer and you're online, go click that. I made a decision.